Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, in today's times, ladies and gentlemen, we need an organization like Baker Industries. I'm so happy to have the president of Baker Industries, Mr. Rich Bevan, as our in-studio guest today to talk about the really phenomenal work that they're doing at Baker Industry. Rich, welcome to the program. Thank you, Daryl. I appreciate it. So before we get into the great work, really the yeoman's work that you're doing at Baker's Industry, can you share with our audience a little bit about your education background experience? Daryl, I'd be happy to. I, I spent most of my career in the healthcare sector working for a pharmaceutical company and a diagnostic company in human resources and executive roles. I did that for over 35 years and then um, really began thinking and uh, within the last five or six years of my professional career about how I could get into more community focused uh, work in the, the next phase of my, my career. Uh, I was serving on the board of Baker Industries, an organization that attracted me because of its mission. And as they ultimately had a leadership need, uh, I uh, made the transition from the private sector to nonprofit work about three years ago. And tell us about Baker Industries. When did it start? How did it start? And why did it start? Well, Baker Industries is a unique organization. It started 40 years ago. Uh, by a very entrepreneurial couple named Charles and Louise Baker, who had a son with a disability. And as he grew through his school years, they wanted him to have a real job. And 40 years ago, uh, there really was a lot of difficulty for disabled adults to transition into the workforce. And they didn't want him in a sheltered workshop. They didn't want him in an institution. They wanted him to have a job. So they literally created Baker Industries in their garage, it's like Hewlett Packard. And they got started with a few folks in the community. It quickly grew as they found other families and adults with similar needs. After about seven or eight years in the Philadelphia suburbs, they were contacted by uh, a Catholic uh, shelter in North Philadelphia saying, hey, we know you support disabled adults getting back into the workforce. How about homeless adults, returning citizens, people in our community? And entrepreneurs that they were, they actually then created a new location in North Philadelphia. And we've been there since 1988, serving those populations as well. So it really is a, an entrepreneurial story. And one of the things that makes it unique is it runs exactly like a business. People come in and work in a real job for real pay, for real customers as part of their experience here. So it really is an opportunity for folks who are often put on the sidelines of our economy to get back into the game uh, and get it to a workplace where they can build experience and build skills. And so do they, do these individuals, do they work within the Baker industry or do you prepare them to work outside of Baker Industries? Well, our mission starts with people coming to work for us. We support about 80 companies, Daryl, across the Philadelphia region. And we do light industrial work, packaging work, assembly work, warehouse work, mailing work. We are able to very quickly get folks a paycheck as they're coming to us from a halfway house or perhaps coming to us from uh, another training center, perhaps out of a recovery home, a homeless shelter. 
so we can get them a regular paycheck doing real work. But the ultimate goal is to transition folks into the private economy, the regular economy. So the minute folks get here, we begin working to prepare them to take jobs with regular uh, companies across the region. About a third of our population based on our disability will be here for an extended period of time uh, and work here for multiple years uh, because it suits their capability. Uh, and for them, it becomes very much like a regular workplace community. Wow, that is, that is nice. And, and you know, I, I've had some, some relatives and friends who have fallen on hard times and um, they've had to transition themselves from the, um, say, the prison population to the uh, rather work environment. And um, they've had to go through a, like a halfway house, if you will, sure. you know. Um, and um, this sounds like this is a program where folks who unfortunately have, may have been incarcerated can come and learn new skills. Well, one of my real learnings coming into this kind of work is how many hurdles people face when they come out of our criminal justice system. And it doesn't just end with the sentence you served in prison. Uh, you often have fines to pay, parole terms that can be very, very strict. Uh, you have a lot of challenges. And probably your biggest challenge is most employers often don't, aren't comfortable hiring you. Right. So we become that very first place that you can come and get a real opportunity. You punch a clock, you work a full schedule, you get a real paycheck, you learn how to work as part of a team, you learn how to pay attention to quality and customer service. Uh, and we try to create as, uh, as real a, an experience as we can because that's what's going to benefit you succeeding when you leave us. Wow. And so you, you serve folks who um, have learning disabilities. Yes. You serve folks who have had uh, problems with drug addiction. Correct. And folks who have uh, homeless and whatnot. Yes. Um, how do you blend all of these different situations and personality types into Darryl, a cohesive, positive environment? Yeah, Daryl, that's a great, great question. And it's another thing that makes us very unique many nonprofits will focus on serving one population. Uh, we broadly define the four populations we serve, returning citizens, disabled adults, homeless, and people in recovery, as hard to employ, because in the business community, that's often the case. Mm -hmm. But what we find very interestingly is that when you fully integrate those populations and they work side by side as part of a single team, we don't differentiate. You get an extremely empathetic community because as a returning citizen, I may face a certain set of challenges that look very different than the challenges faced by a disabled adult who look very different from the challenges of someone in recovery. So it provides people with some perspective that is not just their own, provides them with a lot of empathy for others, and it creates a very tight, family vibe that we feel is sort of part of our special sauce. Okay. And um, what is the, the methodology of, 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 of the special sauce when folks come in? I, I, I'm sure you have a, a very structured uh, program. How long does it take for someone from the time that they, they first come in the door to, to, to be fully functional to your level of, of fully functional? Sure. Uh, Typically, folks will come to us and their first goal is to 
get to work and be reliable. You get into work every day. And we focus on all of the basics you might expect. Be on time, uh, focus on your work, uh, collaborate well with others, take some direction. And for some folks that those basics, which we sometimes take for granted, you know, could be challenging. Uh, I can tell you they're challenging in the regular workforce as well, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, and so there's nothing particularly special uh, about uh, Baker uh, participants. But we do usually over the course of that first month that people are with us, we'll be focusing on those fundamentals. At that point, we offer a lot of additional coaching, counseling workshops that are there to start to develop uh, and enhance people's skill set so that they are really ready to move on into not just a, a basic job, but a living wage job. Right. You know, what really changes people's lives is when they can join a good quality employer, like I was lucky to be able to do. Right. Really, an employer that will invest in them, provide some training, provide uh, some opportunity for benefits, provide opportunity to earn a fair wage, so our goal is to get people really ready for that. And what we find, Daryl, is that the differentiators are often not technical skills. Mm -hmm. The differentiators are more of those personal effectiveness skills mm -hmm. that really help you succeed. So somewhat different than other workforce development programs, we focus on things like better decision making, on goal setting, on dealing with ambiguity, on conflict resolution, some of the things that can trip you up in starting a new job and trying to adapt to a new culture. Right. So you start with the fundamentals, you build some skills through workshops, coaching, counseling. We then provide people an opportunity for leadership. All of our leadership inside our buildings is led by our participants. So our supervisors, our line leaders, even our managers, are, a couple of them are former participants in our program. And over the course of, I would say on average, about six months, sometimes a little longer, call it you know, six to 12 month time frame, folks are developing uh, their readiness to move on to work mm -hmm. with, a, with mm -hmm. a quality employer. Fantastic, wow. And so how many folks do you employ at one, on a given time? What's your capacity yeah. there? Yeah, so at any given time in our history, we've run between probably 75 and uh, 125, 130 folks. Wow. Uh, so it's a fairly large group. It's across two locations, one in the suburbs of Philadelphia and one in North Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. uh, again, both locations support those four populations of vulnerable, right. hard to employ adults that we support. Right. Um, and over the course of a year, we typically in our history, we'll, we'll see between 200 and 250 folks come through our doors. Uh, and, and that's about our run rate. Wow. And um, if someone has a, a relative who fits one of those categories, um, what is the, the process to apply? Sure. Well, we are take applications uh, openly from candidates, as you might suspect, like any other enterprise. Mm -hmm. But we also get an awful lot of referrals. Yes. After 40 years, we're, we're well known in the Philadelphia mm -hmm. community. Right. So we get referrals from halfway houses, from parole officers, from recovery homes, 
from uh, schools that are working with young disabled adults looking now to migrate into adulthood, mm -hmm. uh, from families around the community and neighborhoods around the community who know about us. So I would say our principal source of candidates is referrals, mm -hmm. but we also keep an open door and have people come in every, every week uh, from you know, finding us online and uh, filling out an application. Our only requirements are that you meet one of our four groups that we serve, because that is our mission. Right. And so we, we insist on that fact. Uh, and we also, you know, when people have a significantly uh, violent history in their past, mm. uh, we often will say, look, that we may not be the right fit for them as their next step. Right. Uh, and right. so we make a, some adjudication there. But our goal is to be as inclusive as we can be, and that's been our tradition. So we have folks who have, quite honestly, uh, had many, you know, very, very, very wide range of, uh, of criminal mm -hmm. offenses in their past, mm -hmm. a wide range of other challenges of, of, in their past, uh, a wide range of disability. Yes. Our yes. goal is to, uh, to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. Maybe one other thing that we do uh, insist upon is that people come to us with the ability to be what we would describe as self-managing. Yes. And what that means is we are not a clinical organization. Right. We don't have psychologists on staff. We right. can't dispense meds. Right. Uh, we, uh, if someone is in a situation where they need that kind of attention, we're not the right choice for them. Right, right. Uh, but right. if someone is in a place where they can get themselves to work, get themselves home, mm -hmm. uh, you know, perform their daily functions independently, mm -hmm. then the doors open. You know, I kind of got the impression, correct me, but do you have folks who have come through the program who are now managers? We do. Wow. Uh, that's, um, and that to me is a testament to the culture here. Mm -hmm. uh, and also talent is talent, Daryl. I mean, one of the things that I've also learned in this kind of work is that there's an enormous untapped talent pool in the individuals that we put on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it can be an advantage for a lot of companies and the companies who hire our folks often see it that way because you have individuals again who have high capability, but based on some challenge they're dealing with or having a, a tough time getting to deploy that capability in a regular job. And again, often it's a criminal record that somehow discounts them when they go to apply, or it's a disability where the employer might say, gee, I just don't wanna deal with that challenge or issue. Right. But you got some extremely capable people, and we're lucky to have uh, a couple of them managing the significant parts of our operation because they're just very, very good. Boy, that's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Mr. Rich Bevan, the president of Baker Industries, that really provides a phenomenal service in the greater Philadelphia area, in the north side of Philadelphia, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, where they work with adults with special needs or someone who might have had a particular uh, um, issue with, uh, with, with, with drugs or or has managed their way through a halfway house from incarceration, which is really awesome. And um, it, it, you, I, I really get the impression from you. And, and um, I, I first met you at the uh, at your desk at the greater uh, the chamber of the Greater Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce, and I was immediately touched by 
how personable not only you but your whole team was and and I, I took a brochure and I said I'm new to the area but I want to learn more I want to have them on my program but also I've been telling people who have businesses who are looking for quality workers about Baker Industries sure. and that's it's reason why I really wanted to, sure. to 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 do this interview so the positions that you're training for of course it's it, 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 it's uh, light manufacturing as you might call it um, what about other occupations? What about landscaping? Do uh, um, you, you find that people are, are capable of moving into landscaping? Sure. There's a, you know, a wide range of industries today that have labor needs. And in our history, we've put people into a lot of different industries. So I'll describe to you a few of the places our folks land when they leave Baker Industries. Uh, obviously, they land in other manufacturers or they're in an industrial environment that right. you know, seems sort of uh, logical based on their work with us. But they also end up in uh, healthcare environments mm -hmm. as healthcare workers and assistants. They end up indeed in landscaping and construction. Mm -hmm. They end up in retail roles. They end up uh, in uh, really a wide range of jobs. And there, I think the reason is that we're trying very much to train people to be really just good quality employees. Good quality workers. Yeah. We don't pretend, at least at this point in our evolution, to be uh, uh, technical trainers. If someone wants to develop strong uh, IT skills, as an example, or wants to develop uh, strong trade skills, plumbing, electrical, you know, there are other places they're going to acquire those skills besides right. Baker Industries. Right. Uh, we might be a transition step to that kind of additional right. training. But other than that, we find our folks succeed in, in really just about any industry. Uh, and we feel that that's a good signal that uh, we're, we're preparing folks to go off to a, a wide range of employers and have some success. Well, I'm a, I, I, I tell you, you're going to get a lot of leads from me. Um, GT Auto here in, in Ambler. Uh -huh. um, the owners there, uh, they're always asking, Darrell, you know anybody? Cause, and, 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 and the thing about it, he says, we pay full medical benefits. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then there's uh, E.G. Rawl e. Jr. Landscape. Yeah. Um, he's my, my landscaper, and he, yeah, yeah, he asked yeah. me the same question. So I sent him a, 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 a copy of your brochure so, right. uh, for that. So it, it, you're really fulfilling a great need. Uh, allowing people to, to, to earn a living wage, which is, which is very commendable. And so what are, what are your big plans for this year for your organization? What is it that you're doing where the public can, can be of assistance to you? Yeah. Well, this year has been uh, turned uh, out a little differently than any of us planned. Uh, we started the year very excited to continue to grow and expand our program particularly the kind of training and development we do around job readiness, which is where we provide uh, more workshop activity, more coaching, more counseling. And we've developed a couple of very interesting partnerships in Philadelphia that I think are a little bit uh, innovative and unusual. Uh, number one is we develop partnerships with some creative arts organizations in Philadelphia, like the Wilma Theater like oh, yes. the Barnes Foundation. And yes, museums, yes, yes. Like the Philadelphia Academy of Fine Arts. These are not folks that traditionally get involved in workforce development, but we found that by bringing them into our program and helping us run some workshops on creativity, on expression, yeah. on effective communication, that it really provides a unique 
experience for our participants. People tend to relax, open up more, uh, and we find it to be pretty effective in helping build self-confidence, helping build, uh, again, effective communication, a good sense of presence. So those partnerships, we started this year looking to expand. And the other partnership we've done that's pretty creative is with some local employers who really are committed to the cause of giving people a chance. And so there's a group of employers in Philadelphia that go under the heading Philly Manufacturing Growth Network. They have their own website, uh, phlmfg.org. And those employers have been working with us to identify living wage opportunities and invest in coaching for people's first year on the job after they leave Baker right. to really ensure their success. So those sort of in-depth partnerships are really enhancements to our program that really are gonna make us more effective, are gonna help us place more people sustainably in long-term employment. And we're excited now that the restrictions in the state are loosening a little bit from a health perspective to get back to those partnerships and back to that work. That said, like every organization and enterprise in the country, it's been a crazy, interrupted few months. Yes, and yes. So one of our biggest short-term challenges, Daryl, is going to be how to do our work in a healthy manner, right. using masks, using uh, social distancing, using disinfecting uh, as part of our daily work. And that's going to take up a lot of our energy this summer. Yes, yes, yes. And so when, when did the COVID-19 uh, crisis hit? Baker Industries? Was it when the governor said, oh, we're, we're, we're quarantining everyone? Yeah, we were paying close attention in March uh, based on feedback from our customers and on our relationships. And so we actually, the last week of March, uh, closed down our operations under state order, uh, like most businesses, uh, sent folks home. Now, during that time, we felt a strong commitment to staying connected and supportive of these folks that really need help. Uh, so often these events fall hardest on the most vulnerable in our right. society, right. right? People already have health problems, right. already uh, are often impoverished. Mm -hmm. So we provided some uh, pay continuation for individuals uh, for the first couple of weeks of that period followed by some emergency checks that we got out to folks in deep need, followed by uh, gift cards at places like CVS, anything we could do with the help of our donors to keep feed people solvent until government help arrived with the pandemic assistance. Right. So we were fortunate, I think, to be able to provide some needed support for the month of April. Uh, as those other benefits kicked in. Right. And then we've been on the phone each week with every one of our participants. We had about 80 people on the payroll at the end of March, about 80 to 85. We call them every week, we check in on them, wanna make sure how they're doing, mm -hmm. see if we can help them file for benefits, see if we can help right. them navigate something. And now finally, we're calling some people back to work. Oh, good. So we're good. actually on Monday are officially reopening our doors in line with the state. Uh, to get people back to work. So we'll 
have about 25 folks uh, Monday getting back into our doors. And we're going to build that up every week this summer and hopefully get back to where we were. I mean, needless to say that um, any assistance that people can provide uh, to, to Baker's Industries is, is, is very important. You're doing such, such great work. Um, what would you like to say to our audience about how they can financially help? Or is there other ways that they can help if they don't have financials? Is there donations sure. that they can make? Sure. Well, well, first, thanks for that opportunity. Uh, people have many, many choices about where they can direct their charitable giving. But we think that one of the things that we do here is really help strengthen communities and strengthen families. Uh, a job is a core, core need uh, to have folks live independently, to have folks get on their feet, overcome some of the challenges they've had in the past. And so we feel like what we do is, is very important right now, given the rate of unemployment, given the rate of poverty, Philadelphia, unfortunately, is, is, is one of the most uh, impoverished of large cities in the country. So the kind of work we do is not uh, always the most glamorous. It's not always the most attention getting. Mm -hmm. But we think we're there every day in the community trying to help folks get back on their feet. So if that is the kind of cause that people feel would align with their interest of, of charitable giving, then the, the simplest thing to do, of course, is to go to www.bakerindustries.org, learn a bit more about us, hit our donate page, and uh, we obviously would welcome additional supporters. And, and I want to challenge my listeners. Gunter Media Group is going to go and donate $50 today, oh, and I want to encourage you to, 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 to match that or, or exceed that because what they're doing for our community, it, it benefits us all. Well, Daryl, thanks. Look, meanwhile, I would say if, that's, if, if that path is not the one people choose to take, I would say to this issue of untapped potential on the sidelines of our society is one that we all need to pay more attention to. Yes. And in your community, your listeners out there may find an organization aligned with Baker Industries' mission that's doing uh, workforce development work uh, right in New Jersey or New York, uh, again, the folks we serve aren't always the folks who uh, our charitable philanthropic efforts get steered towards, right? right. Uh, we can raise often a lot of money for a, 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 a crisis event like a hurricane relief. We can raise a lot of money for a health event like cancer research, all extremely worthy causes. Don't get me wrong. Right. But sometimes... Uh, the adults who are coming out of the prison system, adults who have been living for their entire life with disability or in a difficult recovery process, aren't the folks who will always attract uh, as much support as they truly need. And the more we unlock that potential and get folks back to work, you know, the more uh, productive they're becoming. Uh, people who are often... Uh, you know, their use of social services goes down, recidivism goes down, people become taxpayers uh, through their, their wages. And so we think it's a, like a flywheel, right? If you get someone moving in a positive direction with a little bit of momentum, That's more right. and more good things happen. That's right. Believe it or not, Rich, we are almost at the close of the program. If there was one message you would like to convey to our, our listeners, 
uh, what would that message be about Baker Industries? Well, look, Baker Industries, uh, our biggest thing we try to provide to folks is, is hope and belief. Uh, we believe in the people we encounter, often when other folks don't. And I would say that right now in our nation and in our communities, which are going through an awful lot of stress, uh, we could use more hope and belief in each other. So my message is, hey, you know, kindness is critical. Uh, uh, supporting your fellow citizens, assuming the best of them, not the worst, uh, and trying to come through this very difficult period uh, with a little bit of unity is, is the message I'd like to get out there. Well, that is well said, sir. Thank you so much. I want to thank our in-studio guest, Mr. Rich Bevan, the president of Baker Industries. Thanks for coming on the program. Darrell, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, this, is, this has been a joy for me. This is what Leadership with Darrell W. Gunter is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to wish you to have a very good weekend. But remember, leadership begins with you. WSOU 89.5 FM.